boys. Welcome back. Episode 57 of the Review Podcast. Special episode tonight. Lost to talk about. We'll introduce everybody who's here. As always, it is it's the big three, really, that are only ever on the Review Podcast. We've got myself, we've got Seth, we've got Carp. How is everybody tonight? Doing good, doing bad. Yeah, I'm, doing, I'm I'm doing pretty well. I've been busy all week long. I'm I'm helping out at work this week just for this week. So it's mm-hmm. been, you know, out of the house doing stuff and then I'm doing a couple of different things. I literally just got off of a podcast. So we went straight we went podcast meeting podcast. So Wow. Uh, is he, where, go, go ahead. ahead go ahead. I was just going to ask where he works cuz I don't know. Oh, oh no, so, he he works for his mom's company, which is in the medical field, I believe. Very good, um, card. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do listen every now and then, Seth. But I don't <laughs> know specifically what they do. I do know that they deal uh, actually a little bit with, like, diseases. I remember you kind of having some, like, knowledge of, um, like, COVID procedures in hospitals before. Yeah, we um, – so the COVID is not a on-label use for the device, so the company's not, you know, for a legal, not legally allowed to say that um, you can use the device to treat COVID. It's a respiratory no, know, device, though. So, you know, it is something where it's it's helpful when it comes to respiratory issues. So we can't, we, like, we can't sit there and say legally speaking that it's like a COVID treatment, but it it. it it's it's a respiratory treatment. It helps with respiratory issues. Um, so yeah, that's why I had kind of a level of knowledge around that but basically they've got a um a system that they're pushing out next week that i'm helping um do some testing on just to ensure that everything's working smoothly and you know all of the system stuff is working properly so seth works in poverty ashwood's essentially (laughs) i hope you don't take offense to this but i i like i see you as like a walgreens guy (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I assumed you were pharmaceutical. <laughs> I've worked I've worked three jobs in my entire life. That's so true. <laughs> I worked three jobs, okay? Hi, uh, welcome to Rite Aid. Uh, I'm Seth. I hope you enjoyed uh, anything that you couldn't find today that I can help you locate. I feel like that's so accurate. No, so I worked, my first job ever was in the warehouse at this company. Mm. And then, so I was just shipping, receiving stuff, right? Like just, you know, shipping boxes, picking orders, whatever. Then my second job was at Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, cube. And then, that, and that was Dick's. two summers ago. <laughs> nice. Yes, I did. I was team sports associate, so. Ooh. Did you like Dick's? <laughs> I hated it there, actually. It was not, <laughs> no. In fact, that's Was it a I hostile work environment? Well, it, so the problem with, the problem with Dick's Sporting Goods is they put too much effort <laughs> into into the like work environment trying to be like all super duper happy and then they're way too customer service like they're the annoying customer service that's like hi can i help right, you guys, find so hi, can today I we're gonna, no all right, all right all right so today for anybody that's still listening we are gonna dive into the nfl today no i know I, please i know that brendan mentioned or wanted to mention early on that we wanted this podcast to be a nice break from the, you know, treacherous world out there. Um, but I believe Brennan wanted to say something before we got going. So, Brennan, why don't you do that? So, yeah, sorry well, also, I also, like, I want to introduce you. Like, how, how are, I know yeah, you're getting your wisdom teeth for taken out. No, not forever. He's, he's been around. Uh, but you're getting your wisdom teeth taken out tomorrow. So I'm just checking how what's the mentality going in. We all remember. Seth remembers all and you too all too well what my experience was like this past <laughs> summer 
So yes. I can only imagine what it's going to be like for you. Um, well, I'm worried that when I am uh, hopped up on grandpa's old cough medicine or whatever you want to call it, I may be um, saying some things I don't want to say, things like that. So I, I, I wanted to go by myself and just like Uber back, but I, my mom's going to give me a ride. So there will be like, she's probably going to take videos and stuff. I don't know. Looking forward to eating soup for a lot, a lot of my meals. Yeah, that was probably the worst part of it for me um, was not being able to eat. I think the first day you, you're getting all four out. I got all four out. It hurts a little bit. Not that like that bad, but the worst part, I think, was just a not being able to eat. But like during like the procedure, you're hyped up on all the stuff that they give you. I thought it was fake. Like when you see like the videos of like people who like say crazy things online, I thought that was all kind of like an acting job and that people were like playing it up for the camera not fake at all. Like I'm, I'm considering myself to be a pretty moderate person in just like everyday life. I was saying some very outlandish stuff. Carp was texting me, trying to mess with me. He was like, Oh, remember you owe me that a hundred dollars. And there is a very funny video uh, out there of me just like ringing him out for trying to take advantage of me while I was off the dental drugs. So I'm, I'm actually excited to hear from you tomorrow. That's like going to be the highlight of my day. Oh, I'm going to put my phone, I'm locking my phone tomorrow. <laughs> for me the toughest thing with it was like like where do you ice right because for me the they outside of my thing. like yeah. the outside of my cheek wasn't doing anything so like i felt like the only thing to ice was the inside but like how long can you really keep an ice cube up against your teeth seriously how, how many how many did you guys have taken out i only had three four all four yeah so i'm getting all four too the thing that pisses me off i don't know if you guys do you guys have braces no, no, I uh, never have. Not like real ones. I, I, I had braces. Yeah, sure, I, I had to get four teeth removed. Not like like children teeth, like full like like second sets of teeth, like removed four already. So now I'm on eight teeth. Like how many damn teeth did I have? You know, like the first four wasn't enough to create room for these four coming in. Like I'm pissed. Like that's a lot of teeth they got. Kind of mad about it, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, I'm wishing It'll you the best. Later on your. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You'll be you'll be more aerodynamic because <laughs> you'll have less you'll be less top heavy from having all the wisdom teeth. Um, I didn't see a reason for getting them out at the time because I didn't want to do it. But like after you get them out after like the first few days and like the stitches like pop out, that's fun. Um, then that's pretty much it. But yeah, good luck. You're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, if you do unlock your phone, I'd love to hear from you. Get get some videos. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give you a, a taste of your own medicine. We'll see. But uh, but yeah, Carp alluded to the fact a few seconds ago that I wanted to just give a quick precursor before we actually dive into the episode. I know that there's a lot that went on in the country in the past day, two days now, and it's it's you turn the news on, you turn any channel on, it's on. You go on Instagram, it's on. And I've always felt. And I know that we've had some pretty tough, controversial, tough conversations that co uh, cover controversial topics on this podcast before, but that weren't nearly at the magnitude that, you know, this situation is right now. And I've always felt for me, and I know that I can speak for everybody in TBR when I say that doing the podcasts for us is, is usually an escape from whatever's going on in our lives. We kind of get the opportunity to sit down and talk with our friends for an hour, two hours, and you only get this opportunity once or twice a week, and then you got to go on with your everyday life, and, and it gets to be a lot. So I know that 
doing this podcast is always a break for all of us. And I don't want to, you know, steer off the course in that thinking. And I want to give our listeners a break from the constant hearing about what's going on in the news and seeing all the images and like weighing in on Twitter and Instagram. So we're, we're not going to make what's been going on in the country, the main focus of the episode. Um, but I also want to point out that that's not us neglecting to talk about it and refusing to acknowledge it for any reason. I just feel that we owe it to our listeners to give them a, you know, run of the mill TBR podcast episode and talk about what we usually talk about. So that's our plan is, is what we're going to do is to give you guys an ear break from the mainstream news. So yeah, that I mean, being said, TBR's yeah, ahead, stance has been, I mean, me and Carp on the Robbie Carpentier morning show did discuss a lot <laughs> of stuff going on. Um, yeah. You know, the, the ye old Robbie Carpentier morning show. Right. But that was, that was a, right, that was a, right, we would discuss a lot of stuff going And I feel like TBR's stance has very clearly been, we are against violence of any kind other right. than, you know, hockey fights. Everyone loves a good hockey fight, but you know, just don't, you know, we're, we're, obviously doing whatever we can to be like, we're, we're not saying, you know, this isn't an important issue. We're just, it'd be nice to, you know, give people a break. It's, it's, I, I thought that the way that you put that was really, really well done. Thank you. And yeah. you too. I, yeah. Well, like, like if somebody's going to say something, it's going to get in trouble. It's gonna be me. <laughs> so I'll be quick. But a lot of people know me as a um, right wing conservative Trump guy, which I have been. But I say that yesterday signifies a clean break from a lot of us that were, okay, you know, Trump people, yeah, he had a good presidency. Sure, we didn't like the way he went about things. Yesterday was a clean break. You know what I mean? We're kind of done with that. Like, we're ready to move on. Lindsey Graham was a perfect example of this. I don't know if anybody saw, listened to his speech on the, on the floor. He said, I'm paraphrasing, I don't want to, um, but he said, essentially, like, it was a good ride. Trump did a lot for a lot of us, but it's time to move on. Like that, what happened yesterday was gross, disgusting, and we're ready to move on. So as far as violence goes and citing violence, and I really want to stay away from that. I, I, I don't, I think violence in all kinds is wrong, but I think that yesterday marks clean break, turn the page for a lot of us conservatives. Yeah, I think that was well said, too. Um, and I, I love the point that both of you made was like we a thousand percent don't condone what happened yesterday. And watching it yesterday was just it was embarrassing, really, to see what was what was going on. And it's it's a feeling that you don't like sitting there with because you kind of feel helpless while like the world is kind of or at least our country was kind of in shambles. You're just sitting there watching it and you just kind of have to sit with that feeling. And I know that a lot of people share that feeling no matter what side of the situation you're on, no matter what side of the aisle you lean towards. It was just it was just a tough thing to have to watch. Yeah. You can go back and forth about, you know, the the um, the, you know, effect of all of it, of what's being said on social media by the different sides. That's a different story. But I think that TBR stance is this violence was wrong and we don't condone it. And we we don't want to neglect that it was happening, but we owe it to our listeners who come here to listen to sports talk and listen to our takes, listen to our picks. We owe it to them to give them that episode right now, because I think it's going to be a good break for everybody. I, I agree. Brennan. And, and my last point will be this. I think it's important to acknowledge the same way that when 
other protests that turned violent, turned riots. Um, the same way that we acknowledge that the people rioting, the people looting, the people burning down buildings, the people stealing, the people breaking into Capitol buildings aren't representative of like a larger majority mm-hmm. of people. Um, you know, those are those are the crazies. They're not the majority. Yeah. And so that that goes without said, being said, but I, I thought we should just throw it in. Yeah, I, I love that as well. So with all that being said, I, I know that a lot of people tend to get emotional and get emotionally attached to things like this, especially we recognize that, too, with the election that, you know, there was a little bit. Michael and I talked about this. There was a little bit of like a 48 hour period where you felt so emotionally attached and so glued to the TV that you couldn't walk away. I feel like this is another one of those gripping moments where it's like you're glued to the TV watching it because it's on every station. Like, what else are you going to watch? You can't just flip the channel and put on a sports game. Like that's how big it was last night. You just couldn't turn away from the TV. I want to give our listeners because there have that we have seen a very, you know, steady increase in streams and listens as we approach the new year and, and heading up. So I know that there are people here who are listening to what we're saying right now and are, you know, come here every week to, to hear what we have to say about sports. I don't want to deprive them of what they came here to listen to. And I don't want to also contribute to someone being sick of just hearing the same thing over and over again from, you know, being on the news, being on Instagram, being on Twitter. I think that this episode can serve as a good break. And I think that's pretty much all that, that we're, Let's do it. Yeah, that we're going to touch on it. So with that being said, a lot happened in the NFL world. A lot has happened in the NFL playoff picture world since we last did an episode last weekend. So uh, so let's dive right into it. I want to start with two games that we kind of uh, all us in TBR in, you know, just chatting with each other outside of the podcast really, really got into it uh, with each other about this past Sunday, uh, which was the NFC East playoff race games. Uh, and let's start first with the topic that everyone's been talking about, the the Eagles um, more specifically, Doug Peterson deciding to bench Jalen Hurts in favor of Nate Sudfield or Sudfeld or whatever. Um, a lot of people think he was throwing the game. A lot of Giants fans are mad. I'd like to hear your takes on it before we kind of before I kind of go on my thing. Okay, I'd like to start because I'm very passionate yeah. about this. Okay, yeah. first of all, you're the Giants. You won six games. You don't deserve to be in the playoffs anyway. So shut up and go home. That's my first thought process for that. Like, oh my God, we should be in the playoffs. Like, oh my God. No, you, no, you shouldn't. You guys suck. You suck. The same way the Redskins suck. The same, sorry, the football team, the same way they suck. The same way the Eagles suck. That whole division sucks. The same way Mike McCarthy sucks the frosting off his donuts every morning. They suck. Okay. Wait, what? What well, he's not. But at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Doug Peterson, as much as I hate um, the Eagles, as much as I hate tanking, he made a calculated choice, which was, we're going to move up in a draft spot, because we're not going to win this game anyways. I know that Brennan sent me a text earlier in that night saying, Jalen Hurts is the real deal. Uh, Okay, mate, he might be, he might be, but he wasn't playing great. He was doing it on the ground. He wasn't doing it in the air, but he was doing it on the ground. But at the end of the day, Doug Peterson did what he thinks is best for the organization. And sorry, New York Giants fans, 
too bad. You don't you you should have won more games. Sorry, Joe Judge. Too bad. Sorry, Daniel Jones. Too bad. But at the end of the day, the football team, as Bruce Arians said, is four and one with Alex Smith as their starter. They've been playing better football than the Giants. Mm-hmm. They deserve it more. You shouldn't if you had taken business, if you had taken care of your own business throughout the season, you wouldn't have been in that position where you're relying on another team to win anyways. Sorry. That's my piece. Sorry. I agree with one one component of that. One big component was that Giants fans and like the Giants have absolutely no reason to be upset. Like if the Giants were to have gotten in the playoffs on an Eagles win, like good for them. You slid in the back door and you made it in. You're going to get crushed by the Buccaneers. But they didn't deserve to be in that spot. It wasn't like they were a 10 win team that got screwed by Jalen Hurts getting benched. You won six games. And if you win six games in the NFL, you should never expect to get in the playoffs. This is that one very odd year where the NFC least is so bad that winning six games puts you at the very top of the division for some reason. But I don't I as a football fan, I think the football fan has a better argument for being upset with this, because for me, him doing that in the state that the game was at, it was a very close game. Jalen Hurts had over 100 all purpose yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Like you said, he wasn't getting it done in the air. He wasn't having his best statistical night. But if you compare Jalen Hurts to this squid of a backup, Jalen Hurts was just clearly your better option. He completely turned it around when they went from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts and he came in and he made some noise. Do I think that he's the guy for the future of the Eagles? It's too early to tell. But when I say that Jalen Hurts is the real deal, I mean that he is not the overhyped, you know, high, high Heisman finalist kind of high, you know, like hype coming out of Oklahoma when he made, took him to the college football playoff. He is not the bust that everyone was making him out to be. Everyone was saying, like, don't go to Jalen Hurts. He's going to be a draft bust. He's top heavy. He's overhyped. When I see more of that in Tua than I do Jalen comparing Alabama quarterbacks. But I mean, I think Jalen Hurts was the guy this season and he showed yeah. that he was capable of being in that position. Well, so my, my thing with it is if you're so first off, Herm Edwards said it best, right? You play to win. The said game. No one ever. Sorry. <laughs> but still, right. You play to win the game, right? All of the players are there to win the game. You could see it in Jalen Hurts' face sitting on the bench. I, I forget what he, the words were that he mouthed, but it was something like, this is it's so not right. stupid. Yeah, it's, not, it's right. not right. That's what yeah. it was, right? Miles Sanders comes out against his coach. Um, I forget if it was yesterday or the day before. Um, it, basically, everybody on that team was like, what the heck is happening? And you know, my thought with it is, if you want to lose games, fine. Don't make it so obvious. Right. Like, yeah, Sunfield was so clearly just such an awful quarterback during this game. And I said it to um, I texted my roommate um, from school and I said, I don't understand taking him, meaning Jalen Hurts out. I get that you want Sunfield to have meaningful reps, um, but I feel like you're better off testing to see what Hurts can do in pressure situations. Mm-hmm. And not two minutes later, Chris Collinsworth said the exact same thing on the broadcast. Uh, that was my opinion looking at the game, right? Like, if you're trying to figure out what you have in a team, I feel like... Because here's the thing. If the Jets decide that they trust Sam Darnold and they don't take Fields yeah. at two, Fields will be available at six. 
which means that Philly is going to have an option there where they could take fields. So why wouldn't you put Hurts in the situation where he can try and go out there in a winning game? Well, sir, if, if, if you lose and he fails, then you end up taking Hurts and you know that, or sorry, you end sir. up taking Fields and you know that Hurts is not your future option. But what if they already know? Same thing with okay, last week of the year, two last two weeks of the year. Bill Belichick was asked about Jared Stidham, right? right. And Bill Belichick said, "I have the book on Stidham. I know what he can do." Right, like, oh, well, why don't we see what we have in this Stidham kid? You know, like, let him play. Well, Belichick knows what he is. You know what I mean? So don't the only – the big difference you, that I see – Don't you think that Jalen Hurts may already have shown Peterson what he can do? Maybe he already knows. And secondly, I think we're doing a huge disservice by focusing in on the Eagles. When, in fact, if it's the Giants that are bitching, we should be talking about how the Giants – Ranked fourth worst in pass offense this year, only ahead of like the Patriots and the Jets, or how they ranked second worst in total offense and points for and yards, only ahead of the Jets. We should be focusing on that. The Giants didn't do their job. Right. I'm not. I'm not coming at this from the side of I think the Giants should be in the playoffs. I'm coming at this from the Same. side of I think what the Eagles did was just dumb. But and the I also just think it's worth it. So the the thing that I see as the big issue here, so the only really like comeback I have for your Stidham argument is Stidham's been on the Patriots for what three years now. Oh, two. So two, two years. So it's still it's a it's a longer period of time that Bill's seen Stidham. He that's a much longer time to be able to see what he has. I feel like Hurts, you know, he hasn't been on the Eagles for as long. And they were there was all this turmoil. I don't know that they were necessarily giving him the the looks that you know they were thinking. I mean, I'm not to say if the Patriots were giving Stidham huge looks, right? But I just think that it's a different situation in which like Hertz was winning them football games, right? Like Stidham was never winning the Patriots football games because they didn't like what they saw in practice. Clearly, Hertz did enough in practice that they trusted him over Sudfeld to come in when Wentz was no longer the starter. Obviously, but. While the Patriots have seen Stidham for two years, how many attempts does he have in games? I have Any idea? not a lot Any in more, most of them. Are you talking about Jared Stidham or Jalen Hurts? Yes, Jared Stidham. No idea. He's he has 48, more 48 attempts. How many does Hurts have? 148. So while we can sit here and say, oh, we've seen him more, we really haven't, right? So I think that Doug I'm Peterson says Bill's seen him more, though, because it's two years right. of I understand, but yeah. in game action, Jalen Hurts has more tape. That's they fair. know what they have with Hurts. I, well, I this is my. Let's not be stupid. Like I think it was Brennan that said it. I'm not sure. It was all blended together in my head, but I think you said it, Brennan. Jalen Hurts can play like he yeah. can, and I think they know that. So I think it's more like a. I, I think he just at that point was like, "I'm going to get us the higher draft pick. We know what we have." That's that's where that's where you and I are are having the fork in the road. I agree that I'm not similar to Seth. I'm not coming at this from a the Eagles fucked the Giants over and the Giants should be in. No, the Giants. Right. So the Giants should not be in the playoffs. And I want to make that very clear that I don't think they should be in. What I'm more upset about was the integrity of the football game was completely ruined by this decision. And I understand wanting to get the higher draft pick 
And I understand in that situation, you're saying to yourself, this game is meaningless to right. us. Why would we screw over a, a, another division rival just to let another division rival in? I don't think the Eagles were coming at it from let's let's screw the Giants over. I agree. They wanted the higher graphic, but don't be so obvious about it. Like keep Jalen Hurts in that game and like run the ball. Just run the ball up the middle three times. I felt like it was you just threw toss the white flag in there, threw your hands up and were like, I'm done with the all time statement. I just think that it was it was laying down. But what's the actual difference? If you're trying to lose the game either way, what's the actual difference? I, ju- I just think that the it's move to take the lead. Hurts I, out. I, look, I, if I'm Doug Peterson, I, let me start by saying this. Like, it might sound, based off my arguments, like I'm, I'm supporting what Doug Peterson did. Not at all. I'm just saying the Giants don't deserve to be in playoffs. But if I'm Doug Peterson, like you said, Seth, or like you said that Herm Edwards said, I'd rather say Seth said, you play to win the game. If I'm Doug Peterson, I'm trying to win that football game. But yeah. I just I don't see the point in arguing about this at the end of the day. We're talking about the shittiest division, the worst teams in the NFL, and, and a controversy that emerged from all, overall what should have been a good game, a, a bad game. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think the argument, the better argument to be made is that you should never actively try and lose a football game. I just think that the fashion that they did it in was was almost insulting to to completely throw your hands up in that situation and take your rookie quarterback who had been proving himself and stick him on the bench in a in a one score game. And to put in this guy who comes in and loses a snap off of his shin. I've never seen a quarterback drop a snap off of their shin before. And then the thing bounces like 30 yards back in like a this once in a lifetime back. In, in fairness, Brennan, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, I, I want to move on because this is, we've spent a lot of time on this topic. Yeah. But I, I will say, I think it's unfair. Like the, the guy I feel worst about in this whole thing is Sudfeld. Like, look, you know what I mean? Everybody's like, oh my God, like they had no chance with that kid. I guarantee when he went in there, he's like, I got a chance to win this game still. You know what I mean? He wasn't out there like, oh, I'm going to take this ball off the nuts. Well, I mean, he wouldn't be a very good you know professional quarterback. Like, he was out there trying to – sorry? I said he wouldn't be a very good professional quarterback if he wasn't going in there with the attitude of, I'm trying to win this game. No, absolutely. But my point is, at the end of the day, like, Brennan's like, oh, he, you know, he threw one went off his shin and he, he couldn't complete the throws. They got, let's be real. That guy's playing for his job. He probably won't be on an NFL roster next year. Probably nervous as hell, right? Like, it's not Right, which fault. is – I actually, I view that fumble as more of the center's fault than I do Sudfeld's fault. Because, I mean, look, I I played center when I played football in middle school, right? Like, you know that you can't put the ball at the guy. Okay, I used to be bigger, okay? Let me let me just mark down another episode <laughs> <You> where... <laughs> that's, that's another consecutive episode where Seth has mentioned that he's played football before. <laughs> no, but here, right, so, so, okay, fine, whatever. But here's the thing, right? So we had this play, we called it Oregon, right? It was a wide receiver jet sweep, and you, it was direct snap, right? So I had to snap it. You set up in the shotgun, I had to snap it directly to the receiver as he was running across the formation, right? If I messed up the snap, it was a direct was not snap going, to the receiver, not to the quarterback that handled. Yeah, right. Literally but, gotcha. Yeah. So, but my point with this is, if I missed it high or if I missed it low, he was not going to catch that ball, right? Like it, that's on me. It's on me to make that snap good. If I am the center, I know, especially it's Kelsey, right? Who's their starting center? 
you know, he, he's a Pro yes. Bowl guy. He's a captain on their team. He's a veteran. He knows that he's going to have a really, really nervous quarterback in the game. He can't snap the ball. I mean, think about the distance from where your hands, like when you're a quarterback, your hands start up at your chest, right? That's where you're trying to catch the ball, maybe a little bit lower, right? The sure. distance that you have to travel to catch a ball that's up at your ch- that you're expecting to be up at your chest that is now at your ankles, like Carp, think about playing uh, catch with me in practice, okay, right? Like, how yeah. hard was it to catch the balls that I was throwing? Really hard, because they're all over the place. On certain days, don't do yourself a disservice. You can play catch sometimes. Right, but you get the point, right? Like, it's mo- I find it to be, uh, you know, a, a snap at the ankles is very hard to catch, especially when you're expecting it to be up at your chest. So I blame the center way more on that than I do the quarterback. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for that. That was great. Um, all right. We'll, we'll talk and I feel like we've talked enough about the NFC East and we'll get back into Washington, Tampa Bay when we give our picks because we're doing the pick them tonight, too, because the game is on Saturday and we it's Thursday night. So we're probably not going to record on a Friday. So we're going to do the picks later on. But we all want to talk about this, probably like the most talked about sports subject in New England right now, because it is the the most popular the revolution coach leaving yeah 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 so the new england revolution uh <laughs> big big soccer competitive team in the in the didn't they M- actually MSL. win the championship like last year or something it's also the ml uh, you did that on purpose never mind whatever yeah, thank you yeah um no uh cam newton i know that carp has been itching to talk about this so let's unpack the whole situation. Do we think he's staying? Do we think that the report that they're going to mutually part ways is true? Even after his performance this past weekend, he went on the Greg Hill show and said that a lot of stuff about how he'd love to come back and that Bill Belichick is like a real cool coach and a real cool guy. And then there were reports that he might go to Washington for like a hundred million thousand dollars. Um, so what do we think? What do we all think? <laughs> well, I think, I mean, when was the last time, right? That, yeah, sorry, Carve, I'm, I'm buttoning in here. When was the last time, like, that you could actually ever trust the first thing that you heard about the Patriots, right? Never. Josh McDaniels, perfect example. We said that on the last episode. (laughs) Right. So so my thing with it is... The old bait and switch. (laughs) I don't think that Cam will be back. I don't, like, I don't expect that to happen unless he takes another pay, like, you know, takes the same deal, essentially, that he had this year. But I don't know that I immediately trust the first report saying that they've already decided to mutually part ways. Because... Everything that we've seen is Cam is a great teammate. Cam is a great hard worker and the coaching staff loves him. So, you know, I just, that's let right. Me, let, let me Need say for first, speed over there me, wants to talk. Let me so. say first. No, 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 no. All I'm saying is, this is, Seth goes, the first report we heard. I don't know if you guys heard this. Brendan, I was going to do a video this week. I'm actually, I'll do it right after. You will okay. have it. Adam Schefter, okay. Loon. Up because let's be real. When we hear Adam Schefter speak, what is he? He's a reporter. He is not an opinionist. He is not there to give his opinion on what will happen. He's there. Anything that comes out of Adam Schefter's mouth is is fact and it's based by good sources, right? That's what we all believe. Uh, am I wrong in saying that? Nope, a thousand percent right. Right. So what happened was Adam Schefter get bumped up this year. He gets a pay increase by ESPN and they put him on like the Sunday NFL countdown with like Randy Moss and somebody else. Right. And so what happens is Adam Shepard gets more screen time. And so he says, he starts throwing things out. He goes, 
Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that the Patriots and Cam Newton are going to part ways. So everybody goes, reported by Adam Schefter that Cam Newton and the Patriots have agreed to part ways. Later that week, uh, literally a day later, he goes on, um, again, the Greg Hill show on EEI. And he says, he freaks out. He says, that wasn't a report. That was an opinion. I, 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 I think they're going to part ways. Everybody takes my words and misconstrues them. Well, Adam, you can't be the guy that's fact, 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 and then say something, and all of a sudden it not be a fact. You know what I mean? So that's on ESPN for brainwashing all of us into thinking that everything that Adam Schefter says is written in stone, which apparently it's not. So let me start by saying I don't think it's a done deal that Cam Newton doesn't return to the Patriots. That's first. Secondly, Adam Schefter said the most idiotic thing which was that he could get between Seth. What were the numbers? 40 and 50 million from Washington. For two years, 40 and 50 million. Ron Rivera was hired in Washington before Cam Newton was signed in New England. Ron Rivera had the chance to bring Cam Newton in at the beginning of last year. Why? Because 30, what we heard was 31 NFL teams said no, and New England said yes. Well, so if Ron Rivera already turned Cam Newton down, why would he sign him this year? What has Cam Newton done better this year that we now know he can play? And what did he make this year? Guaranteed one million with five hundred thousand for Pro Bowl incentives and five hundred more thousand for All Pro incentives that he's never going to reach. Adam Schefter's had a bad week, a bad. Week. In turn, made the rest of New England have a bad week. That's my take on the whole thing. Sorry, I know that was a rant. I know I cut you off, Seth. But I've been itching to say that for a long time. I I a thousand percent agree, and I'm the biggest advocate for like I hate mainstream sports journalism for that very reason and i'm writing a blog about it too not a big deal but here's here's my question now as a as a genuinely curious new england fan as a genuinely curious football fan where do the patriots go from here is cam newton because we've got a high draft pick this year you're not in the worst spot for a little bit of a mini rebuild there's a lot of quarterbacks hitting the market there's a lot of quarterbacks who could possibly be traded deshaun watson's name was floated out there today as wanting to get out of houston uh and a lot of people i know carp you're not the biggest deshaun guy i'm not the biggest deshaun guy either a lot of people are saying he's coming to new england a lot of people too are saying obj might be traded that we're going to draft Devonte smith where do they go from here in this position with a high draft pick with a quarterback who is has been reported, even though it's a conflicting report and not even a report now, on his way out, on his way out in the sense that he didn't have a great year, and we all kind of knew this was a one-year thing. Seth, you go? answer the question. You answer the question first, which is where does New England go? But I will say before you start, Sean Watson will not end up in New England. They just signed our director of player personnel, Nick Casario, to be their GM. If he turns around and trades Deshaun Watson to the Patriots. It would be the worst look in the history of football. Huh, it will that's not. That's true. Happen. I didn't think it about that. <laughs> ever, ever, ever happen. Okay. The only way that that gets done is if Nick Casario trades Deshaun Watson for Bill Belichick. That's the only way it happens. If he says, "Bill, you come coach here," Deshaun go play quarterback up there. That's the only way it happens. That's my take. I'm Seth, gonna, I'm gonna quote that here? on the TBR Instagram. Please. That's a good Thank quote. You. Seth, where, where, where do the Patriots go from here at the quarterback yeah. position and in the rebuild? Okay, well, I'll I'll tell you this. I guarantee you that Jarrett Stidham's not the starting quarterback next year. 
Um, Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's the Andre, easiest thing. Finally, some, <laughs> some good news. Easiest thing to say. Um, well, no, I mean, you got to look at it, right? Like, what's the, the free agent class right now? Um, I think Jacoby Brissett is a free agent. I would not rule out um, the Patriots being no. involved with him. Um, I wouldn't, unless Philip Rivers immediately retires after the end of their postseason run, um, would not be surprised to hear the Patriots at least kicking the tires on that. Um, if Matt Stafford becomes available, nope. would not be surprised to see the Patriots going after him. Um, I think the least, I mean, Matt Ryan apparently could nope. um, become available. So that's a guy. I think the one option that people have discussed that I think really will not happen is Carson Wentz. Thank you. you thank you. you look, thank you. Thank you. And, and, and why not specifically is that an impossibility? Why, why, why is that not going to happen? So to me, when I look at the Patriots, just their um, track record, right? Like you think of Chandler Jones, you think of Randy Moss, you think of Tom Brady and the contracts that he took, right? The Patriots are notorious for having guys that are very good and then not paying them. The Patriots do not pay guys big contracts. Who's got one of the biggest contracts in the NFL right now? Carson Wentz. Philly would have to eat up so much of that contract for it to make sense for the Patriots to take him in that it doesn't like there's no way that he comes here. And I just I think that's I, I am not a football like talent expert so i couldn't tell you whether or not carson wentz is done as a football talent but i just don't think that that specific um situation makes sense just because of the the contract like the patriots do not spend that type of money on football players the extent the the added money to gilmore's contract was just a blip in Belichick's history. Like you look at Belichick's history, there's no examples of him paying guys tons of money, right? No, no. There, there's some splash moves where like, okay, they acquire Brandon Cooks, like that's a big deal, you know, where they go get Randy Moss, things like that. But there's no real big free agent signings except for the stuff on Gilmore thing. You you're you're right about that. Yeah, so it's just I just that's the that's the move that I see people discussing that I just, I think there's no chance of that happening. I think the, the most reasonable one that I see at this current moment in time is Brissett because there's still no confirmation that Matt Ryan and Stafford will become available, right? Like there's, there's been the discussion, the, um, the Falcons owner said that, Julio and Matt Ryan could both be traded, but didn't say that they would be traded. So obviously they're not off the chopping block, but I just, until they become officially available, I think Brissett is probably the most likely option just because I think that the Patriots don't want to go through another um, set of an off season where they have someone who doesn't understand the system. Like obviously there's going to be different plays that Brissett doesn't know that he's going to have to catch up on but you're better off bringing in a guy like Brissett who has some knowledge of the organization. Yeah, and, and I'll say this too. Uh, another thing that's bothered me about this Patriots year is Cam Newton didn't – he even said it. First of all, can we all agree that Cam Newton won about this season in the most professional manner possible? Like, yeah, maybe which was une unexpected, very unexpected. Right. Yeah. And I, I said that I said that over the summer, Seth. You remember me saying, like, he's a problem. He really wasn't. Right. These guys love him. Belich never 
spoke well about Brady like that. Legit, never. Like, he never did that. He went out of his way to defend Cam Newton this year. But I will say this. Cam Newton did not play in the Patriots system this year. He didn't. That wasn't the offense we usually run. Like, guys don't realize that the Patriots run routes where it's feel. Like, the receiver could break either way. Christian Fourier uh, on EEI, who played for the Patriots, played tight end for Bill, played with, you know, uh, with Brady and, and was in the system, said every game he watched, he said, this is not the Patriots system. Like, it, it, it wasn't. They, they, it was so dumbed down, so simple. So to use the Patriots system as an excuse for Cam Newton is, is wrong. Lastly, I think that the Patriots should go after a veteran quarterback that can come here two, three years, be a bridge guy before the next one. I don't see them acquiring a generational talent. And I think you build the football team first, put the components around the quarterback like they did you know, in 2000 before they implement their next stud at quarterback. Right, like that team was ready to compete. They just needed a quarterback that didn't turn the ball over. We need right now. We could have the best quarterback on the planet, which we did last year, and win whatever eleven or twelve games and bounce in the first round because because this team's not good enough. So you need to build the team first. So I don't really care what they do at quarterback this year. I don't. I hope they don't take one in the first round. To be honest, I want them to get the best football players available. Best football players available. Plain and simple. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that. A, you look at this Patriots season and a lot of people, especially in New England, are kind of overlooking. And I've been preaching this since day one, the the losses on defense that we had, I think. And and yes, Cam Newton, his, you know, failure, his coming up short and his failure to meet that expectation, the very high bar that everyone set for him here. Like you said, Carp, great, like personality he he went about this in like the most professional way which was kind of a shock to everybody and bill couldn't speak higher of him everyone in the football world couldn't speak higher of the sacrifice that he made that's a good point even the media how many times they show us his workout schedule and his daily routine they were all over him and they they loved it yeah like that was great good storyline whatever But a lot of people in New England are looking at this team in a position that we haven't been in in any of our lifetimes and saying Cam's the problem, which, yes, in part, he is. But I also think that when you're looking towards the future, you have to understand that you lost some of your most key defensive players to COVID opt outs. You lost Kyle Van Noy to the Dolphins. You lost to Ron Harmon. Like that, that's not to be taken lightly. And then at the same time, you know, COVID sweeps through this team in week four. You lose Cam in the Chiefs game and he comes back and really is never the same again. So I think that this was just the stars aligned for this team to not be successful. And I agree a thousand percent. Build the football team. Whoever you're going to take at quarterback, match him with the guys that that is that are going to make him and this team successful. Exactly. Or and it doesn't have to be skill position players. Look at how we we have the worst skill position players in the in the entire NFL right now. But yeah. they're, they're they're worth nothing without a quarterback, and the quarterback's worth nothing without them. And that's not going to get fixed in one year, right? That's a process. So you need to build the team first. So look at the old Patriots team. You need to go get your lawyer Malloy. You need to go get your Vince Wilfork, your Teddy Bruskies, your guys on defense that are going to be sorry. The law firm, lawyer Malloy, Ty Law. Go ahead. 
Right, exactly. But you got to get your guys that are going to be staples on this Patriots team, your Gerard Males, your guys that hang in there for years and are there, to, you know, eight, ten years, just just to be there. You know, your Matt Lights, like guys that are, are, are lifetime Patriots guys, to build the team and, and embrace the change that's about to happen, right? Because part of what made those Patriots teams so successful early on was that they had guys that came in committed to the system, committed to winning, and the Patriots weren't a successful franchise before that. They really struggled. They almost moved. So you have to think of it in, in, in the long term as this is the first adversity the Patriots have had in 20 years. And they need to start from scratch. Last thing I want to do is I want to ask you guys a question. How much, how much blame does not Bill Belichick the coach, Bill Belichick, the general manager, deserve for this? Because I think he screwed the pooch on this one. Like, I really think. Bill Belichick is to blame. Like a hundred percent, maybe ninety percent. Bill, ten percent. For the for the Cam decision, or for just this team in general, no, how he assembled it. Thing, the whole thing. Yeah. You have no chance to compete when your number one receiver has more touchdown passes than touchdown receptions. Like you have no shot. So that's on Bill. At the end of the day, when you take Nikhil Harry, when you swing it, miss at other guys throughout the years. For literally year after year, they have swung and missed. How much at fault is Bill Belichick? I think I think the Bill Belichick in drafts, and we talked about this. Bill Belichick, the GM in drafts, has notoriously come up short. And you look at the list of guys that he's passed on in recent years, and you sit there shaking your head like, damn, like what the fuck? Like where's why is Nikhil Harry not you know shining brighter than than X, Y, and Z if we took him higher than X, Y, and Z? I I think that a lot of the blame is to be placed on Bill, the GM. Yeah, Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time, had one of the greatest dynasties of all time. But I don't think he's done a good job in recent years piecing the team post-Brady for the future together. Let me ask you now, Seth. So Brandon got his piece. Let me ask you, Seth. I'm going to go through a few names. You're going to tell me, plain and simple, COVID grades pass-fail on the draft. Okay? Trey Flowers, pass-fail. Uh, pass. Wait, so, wait, wait, hang on. What, what do you mean by pass-fail yeah, on the draft? Does Bill Belichick get graded pass or fail for these picks? Oh, okay. Uh, like a passing grade or a failing grade? I want to go quick here. Trey Flowers, pass. Right. Jordan Richards. Oh, fail. Malcolm Brown. Ah, uh, fail. Landon Roberts. Fail. Oh, uh, Landon Roberts was pretty good. Uh, Brissett, fail. Cyrus Jones. Fail. <laughs> Joe Tooney. Pass. Derek Rivers. Fail. Dietrich Wise. Pass. Pass. Isaiah Wynn. That was your first round. Fail. Fail big time, but that's also not. Sony Michelle. Fail. Thank you. Oh, no, Michelle. I hate the pick. Hate the pick. Michelle's looking better, though. No, shut up, Seth. Looking better. Nikhil Harry's a fail. Anthony Jennings. No, no, no. Can we not? Can we not? Sony Michelle's looking better? He, no, he has been I, running. I, I, he has been running. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. I thought that. Yeah, he wasn't worth that pick, and he's not your guy. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Thank you, Damian Harris is the guy. Sony Michelle this year. The point is not to argue about Sony Michelle. The point is simple. Even if we give Sony Michelle a pass, even if we say, okay, you can have Sony Michelle, the point is. 
Bill Belichick has way more misses than he has hits. That's and that's true. In, I can, in an yeah. early picks, those aren't late picks. The picks I read you were not sixth and seventh rounders. They were early can't miss prospects that Bill missed. Guys, we have to call a spade a spade. Bill Belichick, the GM, has screwed the Pats, plain mm. and simple. So why do you think that is? If he's such a good coach, it's hard for me to understand. Is he trying to be like Bill Belichick, the coach in his GM role? Like, I'm going to take like the lesser known, like yes. Walmart employee. Yes. Is, that, guys, is he afraid people, to take the, the top in, name? In the Boston media, in the national media are so guilty for this. They don't want to be the guys that blame Belichick because Belichick scares the shit out of him because he's a dick. So what happens is the Boston media is like, oh, my God, Belichick, like, OK, OK, OK. No, the real reason is Belichick is an egotistical maniac, too, the same way that anybody with that amount of success is. Once you reach that amount of success, once you're that successful, you think you're unstoppable. There's no other way to do it. That's what you think. So he thinks all I need, like he, I, I firmly believe that Bill Belichick thinks if he went to Detroit next year, he would contend for a Super Bowl, regardless of who was there. If he took that Detroit team next year, I think Bill Belichick thinks he would win a Super Bowl. And that, my friends, is the problem. He needs to realize that the talent on the field is, in most cases, more important than the coach on the sidelines at the end of the day. Right? Agreed. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better. Before we get off the topic, I, I am big on the early take things. I want to float a name out there that could potentially work and a guy that I like a lot. Probably not the most realistic choice, but his name has been floated around there. Dak Prescott. I've always liked Dak Prescott's story. I remember my dad reading me a newspaper article from like this really like offbeat newspaper that we get delivered to our house for some reason. It's like not a mainstream newspaper. Yeah. Um, and it was a, it was a newspaper article about, it was before Dak Prescott was the starter. It was when Tony Romo was still the starter about how this kid, Dak Prescott from Mississippi state had learned the playbook in and out was like, kind of like the Cam Newton story that we were fed all year. First guy in last guy out kind of mentality. And he's putting in the work and like, keep this guy on your radar. I love Dak Prescott's talent. Uh, I love his mentality. I think he is a lot better of a quarterback than than he gets credit for because of, you know, the Cowboys teams that he's been on. Um, Right. You know, depending on what happens with him this offseason, I would love to see him in a Patriots uniform. And I think that he would be a very good Patriots system quarterback, kind of the hybrid between the full mobile that Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson are and the traditional pocket passer quarterback that like Tom Brady is kind of a good hybrid in that sense. And I think he's got similar qualities that Bill Belichick has, you know, been praising in Cam Newton this, this whole year, pair him with the right guys around him. I think Dak Prescott could be a very valid option at quarterback, depending on what happens with his, you know, his player option, opting in, opting out. If they de- if they decide to sign him, if he if we trade for him, whatever. I'd love to hear the thoughts, though. I mean, look, it's I'd be surprised to see if he um, left, right? Like, I don't see how the Cowboys are really gonna um, give him give him up. The only thing I could possibly see is if they somehow just didn't give him enough money, right? Like, I, I just I don't think that. Jerry Jones has that track record of not giving guys the money that they deserve. It just doesn't seem 
like it doesn't seem realistic to me to expect him to hit the free agent market. Would I love to see him in a patch uniform? Yes. Do I think it would happen? No. But I also think that Dak, as much of like I'm, I like his passing ability much better than like Cam's passing ability. But I don't think that anything changes. But right, like we're, we basically took the same receiving core with Tom Brady, who struggled all year long in his last year, and then gave it to Cam Newton. So if we don't change it again, having Dak Scott, yeah, right, minus Edelman, right, minus Edelman for most of the year, but. Um, if we give him the same wide receiver core, it's not going to, nothing's going to change if Dak Prescott is under center as opposed to that's, Cam Newton. That, that, that's where I disagree. I think you had the 31st, 32nd, you know, ranked quarterback in the league this year. Like uh, things are going to change. He's not going to throw, you plug Dak Prescott Sure, in, things are going to change. You're going to have 30 pass attempts instead of 15. Down. Right, like you're gonna have way more pass attempts, you're gonna have more completion, but also you have to remember, Cam Newton had almost a career high in completion percentage this year, right? So, yeah, but he's drive the ball downfield. Okay, yes, the volume of the passing and the deep passing is going to significantly increase, but if you add Dak Prescott, but I don't think, and do I think the Patriots would win more games with Dak Prescott? Yes, yes. But are they going to win enough? No, because they haven't adjusted that wide receiver core, and that's what you really need to focus on. I think they should trade up for Devonta Smith if they can. Yes. Oh, oh, do you think he's... That all comes back to what we've been saying the whole time, which is the Patriots need to build the team before they get the quarterback. Exactly. And at the end of the day, I think the two most realistic uh, spots for Dak outside of Dallas, if he doesn't stay, if if Jerry doesn't pay up, are New Orleans and, and Chicago. And that's another part that I really quickly wanted to get in was I think that if Chicago decides to move on for Trubisky from Trubisky, guys, don't be surprised if Trubisky is your starting quarterback in New England next year. Okay? Just don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. That's my take. You know I'd love that, boys. Why? I'm a big Trubisky guy. I like Trubisky. Oh, cool. Um, Seth, do you think Devontae Smith isn't going to be available at the Patriots pick? I he went after he wins the Heisman after he puts on the performance that he put on in the uh, what did they had Rose Bowl yeah Rose Bowl um, after the performance that I think he's going to put on in the national championship game I would be surprised if he falls out of the top ten. Here's a scenario that not a lot of people are talking about because you haven't heard this name all year Jalen Waddle. That was is gonna be the wide receiver one. Thing. He yeah, was going to so, be the wide receiver one in Alabama. I just don't know that you take him at 15. A lot, a lot of people are calling for it, and a lot of people are saying he's going to play in this national championship game, too. I mean, so I'm not going to be Patriots, upset about it. If, yeah. if the Patriots take a skill position player, guys, it, it has to be a can't-miss guy. Like Bill, yeah. even though I think that he thinks he's the greatest, he needs to – He has, somebody has to tell him, like, Stephen Belichick, you have to – Josh McDaniels, Robert Kraft, you have to believe somebody has said to Bill, like, dude, like, we need somebody on offense. Like, we do. So I, I don't think Bill is going to reach for, like, a guy like for Waddle. Where, like, there's a lot more unknowns than there is, like, knowns, if that makes sense. Like, can he stay healthy? We don't know. You know what I mean? So why, Bill can't afford to have another Nikhil Harry come in. He just can't. You know what I mean? So I think it's more realistic that they take Smith than Waddle. If you if you decide to trade up even a few picks, I love the Devontae Smith pick. I think 
like Seth said, his stock raises significantly after his Rose Bowl performance, after his winning of the Heisman Trophy, and we're assuming that he's going to have a great game against Ohio State as well. Um, but I, I like Kyle Pitts, too. I think that Kyle Pitts is a is a very good tight end that is kind of built like a DK Metcalf that you could put at wide receiver. Like Kyle Pitts kind of has the build of a DK Metcalf. And yeah, he's I like think a Megatron. Right. Yeah. He's like Calvin Johnson too. Um, I don't, I don't hate that pick as well. I think Kyle Pitts did a lot with that Florida offense, but I think that what I'd hate to see is them pass up on a skill position, a much needed skill position player here and go with like a left tackle, which is who worked at like, uh, I don't know, Papa Gino's last spring. Okay. I think that we see that happen more often when the Patriots pick like 33rd, 32nd, yeah, you know what I mean? Like picks like that. Because then it becomes look, look, let's be real though. This isn't the NBA draft where like you pick in the top ten or else it doesn't matter. Like there are good guys found everywhere in the NFL draft. It's it's kind of a crapshoot. Damn Right, 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 right. Who, who was a stud, even whatever. The point is Bill Belichick needs to get the best my in my opinion, the best football player available, not the best skill position player. He needs to get the best football player. Like I said, it can be a Teddy Bruschi, it can be a Vince Wilfork, you know, Lawyer Malloy, Ty Law. Like, you just need a guy that's got Matt Light. Somebody that, when we go through the list, in if we go through that same list in three years, and I throw out that name, somebody that you say, right away, pass. It can't be a fail. So I don't care if it's a skilled position player. It just needs to be somebody that's a staple on your Patriots for the next five, ten years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Agreed. It can't It can't be a Sony Michelle. It can't be an Isaiah Wynn. It has to be the guy that you you are confident in using for the future and that you're going to build this offense around and with. And I would hate to see them not pick a guy. And I hope that they have the sense to do that. And in Bill's defense, I think that Kyle Duggar was the beginning of that last year. Like, I think Kyle Duggar, although we saw, you know, he was exposed a little bit this year. That's a guy that I think realistically, when we're talking in five years, is still going to be the Patriots is going to be on multiple Pro Bowls like. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be there yeah, for a while. I, I, I like I think it. they've already started to go after the best football players available. And I hope that they, that continues this year. Yeah, and you can't like knock Kyle Duggar's stock because he was a little bit exposed this year. I mean, a, a rookie thrown into the situation that he was with this, Absolutely. You know, the teams that we played against, the offenses that we played against, I thought huh? that he held his own. And I agree, five years yeah. down the line, he's going to be a, your guy. All right, so we'll monitor the situation, obviously, because we're the TBR podcast. We're based in Boston. This is our team. Uh, but, yeah, some interesting scenarios thrown out there. Uh, we'll continue to talk about it, I'm sure, as we move into lack of sports to cover in the coming. Well, I guess, you know, NHL and, you know, NBA are back on. But, you know, we, we peak at football, boys. Let's let, let's call a spade a spade, as we like to say. We peak at football. But, uh, but yeah, we'll talk about it more. But. We do want to get into the uh, wild, super wild card weekend, as someone in the NFL marketing realm has has labeled it super wild card weekend. Uh, we want to get into our picks. If you follow us on Instagram, you know that we did a Madden simulation of the super wild card weekend games. Uh, I hate Madden so much. I, I did the simulation and I hate the game. Maybe it's because I'm I've been playing too much NCAA 14 where it's just a more simple game. The animations in Madden, I hate them. I just absolutely hate them. Just wanted to throw that out there. But uh, but we I just want thought it'd be cool to see how closely the Madden sim and real life match up. And why don't we throw our picks in there, too, because we pick games every weekend. 
Uh, so that's what we're going to do right now. Let's start with the uh, the first game that is going to be played Saturday at one o'clock. The Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts. I don't think it's going to be as lopsided as a lot of people are saying. We don't know what this Bills team is all about postseason yet because they they haven't really done anything in the postseason. Uh, this specific team, um, Philip Rivers, although he's only had five playoff appearances, as we learned earlier this year. Uh, more experienced in the playoffs than than Josh Allen. Who do you guys like in this game? I mean, I know who I like, but I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. I, I mean, I, I agree. I think it'll be a very close game. Um, but it's I, I just, it's so hard to pick against the Bills right now just with how good Diggs has been over the end of the season. I feel like he's one of those guys where I'm looking at him play over the end of the season, and it just doesn't look like anybody can shut him down. And if you can't shut down Diggs, you can't shut down the Bills. Yep. Carp. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll be clear when I say I think Frank Reich was the brilliance in uh, Philadelphia um, when they won. And I think that Frank Reich's one of the top five coaches in the NFL. Um, they're severely under-talented in this game, but – Look, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, all it takes is one bad game for Josh Allen. He's due for a bad game. Things happen. Um, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I'll pick the Bills, um, but my heart is with the Colts. Yeah, um, I'm going Bills as well. I've been big on this Bills team. I've been big on Josh Allen. Carp knows that I've been in his DMs each week telling him that Josh Allen is elite, which I firmly stand by. Um, I don't think they win this game handily. For the seventh time. Thank you. Um, I don't think the Bills win this game by more than a touchdown, but I, I have to take the Bills. I can't pick against the Bills after how vocal I've been about Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs all year. TBR Sim had the Bills winning 24 to 21. So keep that in keep, keep that in mind. But we all have the Bills. All right. Next game, Rams and Seahawks. Seth, I think you commented something along the lines of like there's no chance in hell that the Rams are going to win this game. Uh, a lot of people don't even think they deserve to be in this game. Uh, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on why you said that. Look, I my big thing right now is who knows what Jared Goff is going to look like, right? And I'm also, I'm not big on their team as a whole. I mean, the only thing I like about them is their defense. Their defense is disgusting. And that's the one thing that I think can get them into a winning position in this game is how well Jalen Ramsey matched up with DK Metcalf this year. Metcalf had really bad games um, compared to the games that he was having against other teams when he played against the Rams this year. So uh, when I'm thinking about this game, that's really what I'm paying attention to. I'm paying attention to can the Rams defense carry them to victory here. Um, Goff, of course, coming off of that thumb surgery, I'm pretty sure that he's expected to play in this game, but you know, who knows how good he's going to be. Um, so I am picking Seahawks here. I would be surprised if they lost this game, but this is also one of those games where, you know, it's, a it'd be an upset if they lost, but they very easily could lose this game, right? Like I don't expect them to yeah. lose this game. Um, but they have lost the Rams before this year, so it's ob- it's in the realm of possibility. Yeah. Carp, thoughts? Um, one second. putting one more thing down, and then I will. Okay, here we go. So in the last eight matchups, okay, 
The Rams are five and three, and there have been five one possession outcomes. Okay, so these this, these games historically are close. I know there's a twenty to nine in there in the uh, scores that I went back to. There was a forty two seven. So there have been blowouts, but historically these games are close. Um, I never, ever, ever bet on Pete Carroll. I, I, I promised myself I won't do it, and I won't do it today. Also, the money in Vegas, the lines always tell you something. The line opened up at four and a half. Okay, it is now moved to three, some books two and a half. So what that tells you is that the money is coming in heavy on the Rams, right? Because they had to entice people to bet more on the Seahawks by lowering the line. So I think there's something to that. I will take my talents with Sean McVay, and I will put my eggs in the Rams basket. Yeah. Um. A really interesting narrative about this Rams team all year coming from a lot of people in NFL media, just consistently having them as Super Bowl contenders, even, you know, despite them, you know, losing some key pieces, Jared Goff's status is in question for this game. I think he's going to play, but I, I think he should play. But, uh, you know, we won't know until we know um, they, they've consistently been Super Bowl contenders, which I found odd all year. I, I I don't know why all three of us said this the last time that we got on an episode together that this Rams team, I think it was probably week seven when we when we said this was the Rams were five and two and we all were like shocked to hear that. We were like, they've just quietly been like getting it done. Yeah. And that's the MO of this Rams team. Um I the Seahawks to me came out really hot and then fell off. Um, Russell Wilson was like MVP favorite after like four weeks. And then they lost some really weird games. And I quoted that on TBR. I say the Ram, uh, the Seahawks rather lose some really weird games. They lose games that they should win. They're always in weird games. They're always in like late game, you know, up by two to up by four. Cardinals. And then the other team scores yeah. Cardinals, the Patriots, Super Bowl, even they're always in these weird, like goal even line the Patriots, games, or even the Patriots game, those regular season, like that game right. should be that close. The Patriots almost lost to the Jets. You're supposed to be an elite Super Bowl contender with the MVP on your team. That game should have come down to the wire. That defense sucks, Brendan. They suck. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and Pete Carroll sucks. So at the end of the day, like you're saying, they lose weird games. So, yes. you know. One of two things is going to happen in this game. The It is going to be a game in the teens where the Rams win it, where neither of the offenses are really are really buzzing. They're just kind of barking back and forth at each other. And the Rams win like a 16 to 13 game or the Seahawks come out, target DK early, target Tyler Lockett early, Russell slinging the ball and they win this game handily. I love the Rams in this one. I love the money that the Rams could win me in and win Rams betters in this one. I'm going to take the Rams. I I am going to go with the TBR simulation, which said that the Rams win this game 21 to seven. While I don't think that's going to be the final score. I do like the Rams in this one, something about them just kind of consistently being Super Bowl contenders and something about the trajectory of the Seahawks team. And obviously looking at the line for this one kind of matches up for me to take the Rams. I'm taking the Rams. So, yeah, Seth didn't like that. Yeah, well, and he was shaking his head the whole time. He didn't like it <laughs> in the in the in the two games that they've played. Ramsey, when he's matched up against DK Metcalf, has allowed only one catch and 11 yards on 53 two snaps, games? Like, two games, Whoa. 53 snaps, 
one catch, 11 yards. DK is supposed to be unguardable, like the, 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 the next guy yeah. at that position. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Kind of sucks for Jalen Ramsey because I think he's overshadowed on that defense by Aaron Donald. Like, you, you read me that number. It's like Jalen Ramsey is freaking locked down. Dude, one, one, one catch, 11 yards against arguably Dude, the most DK Metcalf. Yeah, like right. DK Metcalf is like a man rocket. And you you let, you know, him get 11 yards on one reception in two games. That's impressive to me. Yeah, I love the Rams even more after you told me that. All right. Next game. Tampa Bay, Washington. This game is being played in Washington. Uh, I don't think that that really comes into effect. I said this to Carp earlier today. I think that while the Washington football team deserve to be in this game, I think that they're the team in the NFC East that I that I would like the least going up against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. I'm taking the Buccaneers in this one. The TBR simulation took the Buccaneers. I think America is going to take the Buccaneers in this game. Uh, I'm so I'm taking the Buccaneers, but I have to disagree with you on uh, the they are the worst um, fit against the Buccaneers. What has been the formula across Tom Brady's career for beating Tom Brady? It's pressure. Get, yeah, exactly. Get pressure with a four man or three man rush. What is the strength of that Washington defense? It's Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Yeah, Chase Young. Those yeah. two dudes can get on to the quarterback, right? They can force pressure on a four-man rush. You don't have to blitz to get pressure. So that's the only reason why I would say that if there could be some crazy upset, I think this is the upset that could happen. I'm picking Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers would win, but I'm going to disagree on the notion that Washington is the least prepared or least well-matched up to the Buccaneers of anyone in the NFC East. That's a good point. I think I was coming at it more from an offensive standpoint, where I think Alex Smith has done a tremendous job turning this team around. They're just not putting points up as an offense, and that's not on him. That's more on just lack of weapons to yeah, be honest with you. I, I think, I think I just, I like the offenses of the Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles and eh, giants. Not so much, but yeah, uh, better than I do this Washington offense, but yeah, de- defensive like chase young stud and the pressure um, that that Washington defense brings. I agree is probably the best pressure you're going to get out of this division, but carp, let me hear it. Yeah, no, I mean, you guys summarized it perfectly for me. Like I said, you talked about the pressure. Um, Brendan, like you said, you also mentioned that there are better, there aren't really better matchups, I guess, out there in the NFC East other than this Washington team. Um, but their offense isn't up to par. Those are all things I would have said. Um, so, but I, I'm going to go with the Bucs. I mean, Tom Brady's my guy. I, I seriously think they're going to make a run. I, I, I think the Bucs go deep. I, I do. I, I, I um, don't, but. I know you don't, but what we can get into that after they win this first round handily next time. Sure, yeah. We'll, we'll, so obviously, I we'll cover it. I have, box, I have box like 33, you know, 7, 33, 10, something like that. Um, I, wouldn't I, be surprised if it's, I wouldn't be surprised if it's close early. could be close early. All that's going to do is open up the box, man. If it's close early, all that's going to do is let Brady say. Oh, yeah, they're going to the win this game. I mean, I'm sorry. If, if, if the – if the you know, I keep saying Redskins, if the football team scores first, kid, the the Bucks are gonna open it up, open yeah. it up, and Brady's gonna get rid of the ball in two seconds and let his skill guys do the work. 
Here's here's what I think ironically would benefit the Buccaneers for a deep playoff run more was being a lower seeded wild card. The 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 journey to Lamb sorry, the journey to the Lombardi having to go through Lambo is like is detrimental to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And Magic Johnson tweeted this out and he said it perfectly, like Right. You know, Godspeed to any team that has to play in Lambeau in January. Right. In a playoff I know, game. Aaron Rodgers is just such a big game guy. No, and I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I hate right? Aaron Rodgers and his turtle. Because the Packers are so historic for, for winning big games with Aaron Rodgers. And he's he's great. And let's all just let's all just jump on his penis. And let, uh, please, I, I, I am so sick. What has he done? What has Aaron Rodgers ever done? You want a Super Bowl? I don't like Aaron Rodgers as much as I do Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers is, is, is the worst teammate in in, in pro sports today. I, I, I just That's so him. wrong, dude. The Texans no. take oh, Earl no. Thomas because of how bad of a teammate he is. The Texans. All right, but... Th- I get like Carp's right. Like like Seth can name like Seth is like oh okay Richie Incognito's worse. But, like, yeah, right. He's a bad teammate. What he's saying. Oh that eighth round draft pick that stabbed his teammate. He was a bad guy. Yeah, no shit, Seth. I don't. We're not talking about him. We're talking about like prominent players. Everybody's is a douche, guys. Let's call like I say. Let's call a speed as speed. And he's not a winner. Okay. If he's supposed to be a great quarterback, a generational talent, pushing Brady for GOAT, please, then you have to win games, kid. You have to win big games. And he hasn't done that. He has one Super Bowl. If he's a GOAT, so does Drew Brees. You know who has more Eli freaking Manning? Trent Dilfer's got one. Shut up your butt, Aaron Rodgers. Take it somewhere else. You know what my nightmare is? Is a State Farm Super Bowl. I would stop watching the NFL permanently if that happened because everyone that would be that would be the easiest game to market and the worst game for I would hate that game. Chiefs Packers, I'm not watching the Super Bowl this year if that's the case. And you guys know Collins were at the whole time because I appreciate they have the Super Bowl. No, actually, no, is it Romo no, and Ro- Romo and Nats. Never mind. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> Romo's a Brady guy, so he'd rather see Brady, but whatever. Right. Keep, yeah. Go next. 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 All right, yeah, so uh, TBR simulation had that at 38-16 Tampa Bay, probably closer. Yeah, yeah, but uh, probably closer in the simulation than it's going to be in real life. I I think I agree. Buccaneers run this one up. Um, Next game, Titans and Ravens. Uh, I I love the Titans. Derrick Henry is my MVP. Um, Tannehill, someone got into a beef with me on Instagram for saying that I didn't say they said I said that Derrick Henry should be the MVP. And then they argued that like Ryan Tannehill should be the MVP. I don't know what they were trying to say to me. Idiotic comment. And then I told this to Seth. I dropped the best phrase. I said, you are fundamentally wrong. And I won the argument. I do love the Titans. I love A.J. Brown. I love Corey Davis. I love John U. Smith. I love Mike Vrabel. I love Bussin' with the Boys podcast. Taylor Luan. I love Derrick Henry. Uh, I love the Titans in this game. Titans win is what I'm saying. If you didn't pick up on it, Titans win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's with the notebooks? Which is big. This is how we. This is how we said that I do it. Look at like that's that's impressive shit. I got. No, I know, but I'm not saying that. Full disclosure: None of this has anything to do with what's being talked about on the podcast. It was just interesting that you both went like this at the same time. Teams, stats. I started tally marks up here on like Rams games. Yes. I, I've been, uh, this is notes on 
on Jay O'Brien and Tyce Thompson. Okay, that, that's that's okay. what I. Got. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm doing. I, I have. I'm. I'm multitasking. I'm preparing for tomorrow night's BU men's hockey game while I'm doing the podcast. All right. So Seth, who who do I have in this game? I've got the Titans. Right, like it's Brandon, I, you with the Titans. Yeah. yeah, obviously I'm not picking Lamar Jackson. Right, yeah, Ravens. obviously he's not picking Lamar Jackson the Ravens because he contends that they're a fraud offense, which both of us have said, right? Like it's yeah, that, the Ravens are fraud. Fraud. The Ravens are frauds. They shouldn't be in this game at all. They're frauds. So, they're not going to win. The reason I think it'll be a close game because of I feel like their offense has kind of grown as the season went on. They've definitely found their own. I think the big piece of that is. Uh, Marquise Brown has been playing very well over the last five to seven games, whereas oh, in the first 10 weeks of the season, it was re- he was terrible, right? We're talking like maybe one catch a game. Um, towards the end of the season, he's played very, very well. That's one of the big reasons why I think that they've played so well towards the end of the season and found their way into the playoffs. I just don't think they have an answer for Derrick Henry. And I think that, you know, normally in toss-up games, which I'm not calling this a toss-up game, but normally in a toss-up game, I'm more inclined to pick the better quarterback. And I think Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill, but I think Tannehill's sufficient enough that he will be able to quarterback the Titans' offense well enough when they are getting, you know, when the Baltimore's defense keys in on Henry and clogs up the running lanes. I think Tannehill's a good enough quarterback to win them this game by passing it when they need to pass it. Uh, they will not clog up the running lanes on Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry became one of the only players to rush for 170-plus yards in the postseason in back-to-back games last year. One of those teams was the Ravens. Lamar Jackson is not a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill, and the Titans will win this game. Yeah, I agree. Also, last time they played, Derrick Henry put up 133 yards. Um, he, he gets it done. Tannehill threw for 260 and two touchdowns. You look at other stats throughout the game. Okay, Lamar Jackson, right? We talk about his legs, right? He beat you on the ground. He does not beat any team in the NFL in the air. He beat you on the ground. He averaged three and a half yards per carry against uh, Mike Rabel's defense, only rushing for 51 yards and no touchdowns. So if he can't do it on the ground, he's not going to do it on the air. And for that reason, I believe that Mike Rabel will handle Lamar Jackson on the ground. And if the Titans, God forbid, if, I genuinely believe this with all my heart, if the Titans get ahead two or, let's say two scores, let's say they're up 10-zip or 14-zip, Baltimore's in huge trouble. They yeah. cannot, because then they got to start throwing it. You can't, you can't run your way back into a game like that. And if they start throwing it to get back in the game, it, the, the lead's only going to get bigger. I, I see this as a... Big win for the Titans. Big said this before and categorized Derrick Henry perfectly. You say that the running back in the NFL is the most yes. replaceable position except for Derrick Henry, and I 1,000% agree. In, in sports, I said. In, in, in sports, sports, not just football, in all of sports. Derrick Henry is a one in a million, built like a Mack truck and like agile as ever, can run as fast as ever, can throw a stiff arm at full speed against some of the NFL's like top linebackers and and secondary. Derrick Henry is just he he cannot be stopped. Like like saying that the Ravens are going to figure out the run like like that doesn't bother Derrick Henry figure out the run. I just mean like. 
you can't run the ball every play, right? So I'm saying right, but, on those but, but plays. But they've got weapons. AJ Brown, Corey Davis, Johnu Smith are no, beautiful I, I know, options. What, my, my point was when they are in situations where they need to throw the ball, Tannehill will get the job done. Okay, yes. That, yes that's I what agree I was with saying. That. Yes, I agree with that. But I, I think that this is a Titans blowout. The TBR simulation in Madden had the Ravens winning for one reason, because Madden loves to like make the hype players like really, really good. Like Lamar Jackson in Madden is like insane against well, any team. <laughs> so the issue the issue is they have that whole um X factor thing. So Lamar Jackson, once he gets like a rush of like five plus yards, I forget what the qualifier is. He literally cannot fumble the ball like that's yeah. what he's super. It's like a superpower that they give all the players. So his thing is he will not fumble the ball. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think that Madden like kind of steers unrealistically. I think this Titans team is just a lot better. I love this Titans team. Call him a serious contender right now. Red hot take. Call him a serious contender for the Super Bowl. Uh, I've got them winning this game by a lot, by a lot. And we all we all have them winning. So, yeah, yep. next, next game. Carp, really interested to hear what you think about this one, because you commented on the TBR Instagram. It was your number one of three takes that you had on the predictions. It was your number one. You said the Bears are going to beat the Saints. Saints are playing the Bears. Uh, let's start it off with you. Are you going to stick with Bears in this one? Yeah, Bears beat the Saints. Um, I, again, um, why? Why was Drew Brees? You know, when the NFL came out with their NFL top 100? Yep. Why was Drew Brees not in the top 100? Because he's missing 32 ribs. <laughs> no, I know that's not why. I just wanted to say that. Why, why was he not in the top 100? I don't know. You tell me. Because the guy has only one Super Bowl. You look throughout the entirety of the NFL. Like I already said, that's the reason Aaron Rodgers was also not listed in the top 100. Um Drew Brees, I love Drew Brees. That's the difference between him and Aaron Rodgers for me. Like, I, I do like Drew Brees a lot. Um, I don't think he's 100%. Um, no chance. No. Even if he was 100%, he's a shadow of what he was. Um, Trubisky's finally started to look good. The Bears' defense can play. Uh, they, they, they're pretty good. I, I, I like the Bears in this game. And, and it seems history repeats itself. And until the Saints prove to me that they can make deep postseason runs still, I, I just don't see it. I like the Bears. I just like the Bears. I'm going to bet the Bears. So I don't think the Bears have an answer for Alvin Kamara. Um, he said he's, he's yeah, playing. He's your X factor, for sure. Like, that's that's the thing. What I, I just I don't see them being able to stop him. And I think Michael Thomas is supposed to play as well, the slant god himself. Um, so... I, I just I'm picking New Orleans in this game. I think it's stupid to bet against them. Um, it's certainly a lot easier for them to lose games further on in the playoffs. But week one of the playoffs, I, I'm not going to bet against them. This one's this one's kind of tough for me. Because I see both sides of it. Like, I love what Carp's saying. Thank you. I. The TBR had the Saints winning, but I watched the game and I commented on I said, all I know is that the Bears should have won. I watched the the Madden like animations absolutely screw the Bears out of a win in that game. So I was a little bit pissed. Um, but it had it as a close game, and you could say like, oh yeah, well it's Madden. But I mean, eh, it's like no, it's Madden makes it as close to real life as they can get it. 
updated rosters, updated all that. Um, so here's what here's what I think. I'm going to pick the Saints. Carp, I agree with you a thousand percent. This team doesn't go deep. But I think playing against the Bears at home in that prime time, not prime time, but that nice, they're 425, I think. Sure. That nice 425 slot that they love to be in. I think Alvin Kamara balls out in this game. I'm, I'm picking the Saints. I can't go against them, even though I'd love to. I can't go against them. All right. Final game of the wild super wild card weekend, the one that I am most excited to talk about. Steelers and Browns rematch of last week when uh, half the Steelers team wasn't even playing. This one's really interesting. It, it, it really is. These teams, you know, division rivals definitely have a history, a, a very recent history, even though the beef was squashed last week. Um, sure. Who do, you, who do you guys who do you guys like in this game? I mean, I'm I'm taking the Browns. Honestly, I feel like Baker's going to come out and show up. And I like I just think I think they can win this game. Their wide receiver room is going to be back. I feel like their defense has played really well this year. I'm convinced that the Steelers are a fraud team. I'm convinced that they're less of a fraud team than the Bills, but I'm convinced that they're a fraud team. And I'm for that reason, I'm picking Cleveland. I feel like they've got this. I have a screenshot of myself from draft night 2018 when Baker Mayfield got drafted. One of my friends said Baker bust field. And I said, nah, Brown's winning the Super Bowl within the next four years. And I maintain that I have this postseason and next postseason to back me up on that. I think they've got a shot. And I think it starts with a victory against the Steelers this weekend. Carp. I, I, I like the Steelers in this game. I don't know. Um, I, I don't have much to say on this game. Like, honestly, this is this is a game that I should be excited for, but it might be the game I'm least excited for. I don't know why. It's yeah. just like, kid, I don't I don't turn on the TV to watch Baker Mayfield. I don't turn on the TV to watch Juju Schuster or God. Oh my God, Mike Tomlin, please. Like, like you couldn't pay me seriously if you said Robbie TBR is sending you to go stand on the sideline to report. We're gonna pay for you to go to the sideline to report on the Steelers Browns game. Kid, I might quit. I might be like, I'm good. That's such uh, a lie. But <laughs> No, no, it's not. Like, oh Robbie, you're gonna get an exclusive one on one interview with Mike Tomlin and Baker Mayfield following the game. I I, I seriously think I'd take my talents to like Talia Goodman or somewhere else. Like I don't think I'd do it. I'm serious. I, I, I hate these teams. Like I, I'm just not a fan. Try and I <laughs> What? Oh I, man. That's good stuff, no? That's fine. No, that was, that was good stuff. <laughs> But I, I am I am least excited about this game. I, I don't care. I, I, I love Steelers win. I don't want to talk about the game. Go ahead, okay. Brandon. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm a big karma's a bitch guy. Uh, I love <laughs> to see people get smacked in the face with karma when they're out of their element. And that happened to Juju Smith-Schuster when he was doing his stupid dances on the on the logos. And he's like, they can't tell me to not be me. Yeah. He's like, they can't tell me to not be myself. And then he went out and got like cracked by the bangles. That was fun to watch. Like twice, like multiple times. Yeah. And then after the game, he was like, all right. Like he completely walked it back, which was awesome. Before the game, he was like, you can't tell me what to do. And then got smoked. <laughs> absolutely smoked by the Bengals linebackers. And then he was like, yeah, you can tell me what to do. It's okay. So Juju Smith-Schuster puts out a quote. I sent this to Carp and he says, quote, I think they're still the same Browns teams I play every year. 
I think they're nameless gray faces. They have a couple good players on their team, but at the end of the day, I don't know. The Browns is the Browns. Good English. Um, I would love to see Juju Smith-Schuster get hit with some karma this weekend, but whenever I pick the Browns in a spot where I feel really good about them, they always come out and shit the bed. I think they're going to do that this week. This is also a great opportunity for me to go against Seth in a spot where I feel confident going against him to get back some of my pick'em stature uh, and, yeah, and gain some of, ground. Uh, speaking Wait. of pick'em stature, where is this where graphic that you're promising? Because I've been It'll up for the be past out. like four weeks and I haven't seen a graph. It'll be out. I'm not neglecting I, to I, post. I, like I didn't post when I was anything. winning. I don't know. No, I know. I I'm just saying I when I was winning. I'm, I'm just, winning. I've just. I'm not been saying busy. that you're trying to stop me from showing off that I'm winning. I just want it to be seen. You'll get it by tomorrow. Said as well. Let me correct something I said as well. The Browns is the Browns is actually correct in English because the Browns is one organization. It's singular, even though it sounds plural. So by saying the Browns is the Browns, it's correct. So I had Mr. Gracie. And I listened in that class, and I improved my grade. <laughs> That's bullcrap. You did not no, listen. Or if it was Cleveland Brown, I didn't want Seth. I didn't improve my grade. I said you didn't listen in that class. Oh, right. That's different. Uh, maybe, yes. But I did get a C <laughs> freshman year, and I did get an A uh, junior year in Mr. Gracie's class. So things come around. Life changes. Yeah, what did you get freshman and sophomore year in English, dude? Not that I, I did any I better. I'm just I just told you I got C. Okay. That. Remember, right. you were my advisory. I mean, Mr. Poshman needs to come down. Robbie, I mean, we, we all talk. disappointed. You're getting, you're getting asked to leave again. We're going to speak. We're going <laughs> to speak about you being asked to leave quite frequently. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I'm going to take the Steelers because I think it, it's an opportunity for me to gain some ground on Seth. I don't. I. I agree with everything he said. I think the Steelers are frauds. I hate this team. I hate Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. I hate Mike Tomlin. I hate Ben Roethlisberger. I hate Chase Claypool. I like Deontay Johnson. I don't mind I like Chase Claypool. I don't like that Chase Claypool. I don't like that Chase Claypool's on TikTok all the time, but he's a better guy. He wants a better player than his brother. Like, he is. JJ or the third brother? No. The third. He was underrated. He was underrated. But TJ Watt is better than JJ. He is. I, seriously, even in his prime, I think JJ in his prime, I'd rather have TJ Watt. Dead serious. I think he does more for your defense. But, uh, no, no, but, no, that's yeah. not even that hot. That's like legit. That's yeah, like yeah. Legit. I, I like that's TJ. That's like a solid take like by Robbie Carps out of, out of nowhere. <laughs> Solid take by Robbie Carps. But yeah, I'm taking the Steelers. I feel like it's just a good spot. Um, I'm going to finish the TBR whole playoff simulation tomorrow and let you guys know who the game thinks is going to win the Super Bowl. And we'll obviously hop back on a podcast as the games roll in. That's all I've really got to say about it. I don't know if anyone wants to wants to chime in about any other topics or dispute any claims yeah. that we made. No, at, I, at the- I want to say I want to say one thing. I don't know if you guys follow Big Ten basketball and all, but I do just because I go to I go to Penn State. I'm very into it. Tonight, Illinois was was losing to Northwestern 43-28 at the half. They won 81-56. That's Jesus. a second half score of 53 to 13 for those interested. That's <laughs> unbelievable. That's insane. I was just following it along on my phone like a little bit. That's pretty crazy. So that's why, guys, just because things are going bad for you doesn't mean you're gonna lose. You know, just stay in there, keep plugging. Yeah, uh, I also just want to shout out um, the 76ers for absolutely screwing me over the other night. They were up by like 21 at one point and lost their cover. So, yeah. fuck also, you, Philadelphia. Shitty sports true. city. Fuck you. You got, 
realize that I am like six and one in my last seven basketball events, and I've told you every single one of them, and you haven't followed. Haven't followed. I I didn't follow because I was in my feelings that night, Carp. It wasn't because I didn't. First off, you haven't told me anything about your college bets. Well, you don't don't bet, so. Me? Well, actually, I am officially signed up for DraftKings. I can, the, the sports book. Because it's, no, it's no, I know, but so. Seth, I thought that you, I thought you weren't um, into that. That's why I never sent you my bets, or else I would have like. I, Even I, if I was betting, I still want to hear your picks. But yeah, I'm considering starting. Like, I've been actually, I've got a spreadsheet going right now yeah. as as to what I would have been up if I had bet on all the games I picked on Pick'em. I'm I'm through week five, and it's not looking too good. Did you do the spread? Yeah, you did the spread. No, not on the spread. Just doing money money line. line. Just straight up money line. Do the spread. Oh, well, we don't pick. Yeah. Let me ask you this, too. I mean, let me tell you this. When you get a bet from me, I always send you a screenshot of the bet. I'm not like Vito. Kid, he's suspect with his bet. Let me tell you that. Really. I I sit with him all the time and watch games all the time. And he's got this bet, this bet, this bet. He loses way more than he wins. And he only tells us the bets he wins. And even when he says he wins, like, I don't. So I, I really don't like you're gonna be you gotta be like a, like a like, like good defense on that kid because he'll just start flowing out like oh I had I had uh, 400 on Wichita State against uh, Weber State yesterday and I took Weber State plus 48 and that was an easy win like Vito no you didn't like we all know that you don't follow high school basketball like shut up I don't know that was that's concerning to hear because he wants a betting podcast no I know and we've talked about this too before. I'm all for, I'm all for, I I am, I am very in favor of TBR Sports having a lot of podcasts. Very in favor. Always have been. So if you don't want to start a podcast, I don't care. I'm just saying, guys, listen to what he says and then pick against him. (laughs) Well, I'd like to get like, like ideally, like you run it. Because like hearing that, that he's like, not in the black, and that he's like very down. Is no, good. Look, I don't think he's very down. I just I don't he's think down that, like, bad. <laughs> he texts us like picks all the time. Like, oh, I had four hundred yeah. on. He'll say like some obscure like like my book doesn't offer some of the proxy facts. <laughs> like he'll be like, I had you know Devonte Smith over nine and a half receptions, two hundred yards, which was plus three hundred, and I had four hundred on it, so I won twelve hundred. It's like, no, you didn't. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. Back. Like, it wasn't offered. <laughs> like, I don't, maybe it is, but I didn't get in that book then because I've never seen that. You know what I mean? Like, things like that. Likewise. No, I yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah. And I'm I'm a believer in, like, I only bet on games that I know I can watch. And, I, and like, I don't know if you're the same way, but I know that there are, are like, degenerate degenerates. And I don't know. If, well, Vito kind of was kind of showing shades of that when he was here when we did episode no, 50. No, he did. Of betting on like Swedish oh, soccer just because he likes the line. Like if I can't watch a game and invest in it, I'm not betting on yep. it. He was over my house at two AM the other day. He was like Korean basketball starting. I was like, kid, I'm not betting. Not, yeah, like it. I have no interest in betting that, even if like, oh my god, the line looks oh, no, good. Seth, let me um let me encourage you, and this is for all the listeners out there, uh, a little betting tip. If if you are very scared about losing money when you start betting, I I, I suggest that you Put in an amount. Like, let's say it's 100 bucks. You say, I'm going to start with 100 bucks. You put it in your Venmo. 
or you put it in your whatever you use to like online money transfers. You only draw from that. Only draw from that. I have never once gone below my Venmo because what happens is then it draws from my card. It goes to my bank account. So all I use my Venmo for, the only thing I use Venmo for is betting. So I know where I stand always. So I've never, like literally never gone below where I started, which is good. I've never I'll add on to that zero. too. Yeah. Don't like, like only lose what you've won because then you're not like losing money per se. If you're going right. like, to, if you're going to go big, make sure you oh, have that to go big. That's the key. I learned that from one of my adults that I know. And they said, never bet more than what you make in an hour. Um, like over the course of a work day. So like if you, over one work day, if you work eight hours and you make $10 an hour, you should never bet more than $80 just in general as a safe bet, if that makes sense. So that's that's kind of... Uh, yeah, if I'm betting, sense. I'm not betting in more than increments of like $1. Like DraftKings, you have a minimum deposit of five. Like I'm not trying to win a ton of money oh, right now. Well, then that's not really you. No, you're going to want to bet. Sam. You're going to want to bet. At that's least a good strategy for building up to true. a decent amount of money, but that shouldn't be like a forever thing. I would start with tens. Right, that's what I, that's Honestly, what, yeah. I would start with tens. I would start with tens. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bet in an increment of ten dollars. I feel like, like that's a good way to just keep on losing money. And I'm not trying to, like, I don't want to put in a hundred dollars to this. I would put in no, $5. but, but don't, no, you're not putting in like ten to win like a million. Like, put on, put in ten to win like a, a solid lock, and then you work it up. Right, right. I, I agree with that. Yeah, right. you don't do like these crazy far off like profits or parlays. You can hear some more of this on. Parlays with Guido starting next month. Is that the name? <laughs> I don't know. On Guido, speaking of new podcasts, choices of the week. Speaking of new pot or new things in general, a website's coming back. Carp is heading the operation, and we're all going to contribute to writing it. He shakes his head no, but like he is. Um, and uh, even I, I, I heard you talk to Michael about like doing some blogging. Michael's really excited to get to hit yeah, the uh, hit the typewriter. Excited about that. I I I I sent him a text and just like because he's he I know how big he is on the World Juniors. I don't I, I didn't watch it. I watched the championship game, um, but I was like, hey Mike, like if you want to write something about the World Juniors for the website, that'd be great. And he said he would. Um, so I asked him to do that. I was gonna I know Vito when I, I accidentally you know. Accidentally said something in front of Vito, and he's like, "Oh my God, I am the best writer ever." I like having Vito involved. I like having Vito. I'm like, I'm like Vito. We're starting a blog. He's like, "Move aside, J.K. Rowling. Here comes V." Like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? V, oh, Dante, Darren Shaughnessy. <laughs> let me kick you off that mountain top. Here I come, like, like that. So whatever. But so Vito's gonna be writing some. Like I, I do have people. You you've seen some of my friends before uh, that are interested in this type of stuff that'll contribute. Like all I gotta do is have that kid call in that started his podcast. He he left because of all the beef that was going on between me and yeah. you at that time. He was like uncomfortable, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, but all I have to do is tap Colin and say like Colin, you know, would you be interested in writing an NBA article? He'd send one to me in twenty minutes. So we're there will be content on it this time. That's the difference. There will be consistent content on our website the other thing too is the way that we organized it last time we kind of broke it down by like like it was like a i don't know how to put it but like nba nfl the way that i've designed it now it's just a little more easier to like find the articles because i feel like last time when i designed the website 
I was somewhat involved in the design as well on Weebly. Like I could edit it. And when I did, it was like, it was Weebly. Like, let's be real. Like, yeah. It was harder to organize. Like, that was the Right. This is a simpler thing that, like, you and I can just pop on whenever and, like, change something in, like, an instance. Weebly was, like, confusing to me. And I tend to be, like, somewhat savvy when it comes to the technology stuff. But Weebly, I couldn't figure out. We were paying way too much money for that shit, too. Second, like, new thing that, like, could potentially be in the works is I mean, I've talked to Carp a little bit about it. He and I were exchanging back and forth about like what we're going to what our priorities are for this year in terms of TBR. And I told him, like, I'm literally open to like what whatever. And I know that like there were discrepancies about what happened last spring with like Michael and I's new show and your guys new show. And then like where the middle ground was with the review and everything. And, you know, I think everybody kind of played a has some sort of blame to be placed on them for that. And I think I told Michael this, that I think that we just kind of all got clouded by like the quarantine and what was going on in the world and kind of lost perspective of like what this actually was all about and just kind of took to, you know, going at each other in a sense. I love where we're at right now a lot more than where we were in April. I love the group like Seth stormed onto the scene. Kudos to Seth, you know this time last year you weren't even in tbr and no, no now, i was writing maybe one article like yeah. every month or something and now you're a fan favorite like people yeah, love I, your hair and thank it's you yes great. i'm sure i hope people see this it is moderately like put together it's not great but it's good enough yeah but uh on the note of new things there is someone who's interested in doing a red Sox podcast carp came to me when this summer when the red Sox or maybe was it even this fall after the season had ended and you said you wanted to do like a daily update podcast where you would go on for like 20 to 30 minutes and just talk about the Red Sox. And I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. You should do it and for next year because I think you brought it to me when the MLB season had ended. And there is there is someone who is interested in doing that alongside of you as well. Someone who's not currently in TBR who would like to be involved with that. Someone who like we're not connected with at all, who I reached out to because I thought they'd be talented and they're totally interested. So that could potentially be coming this MLB season. Uh, we're mad TikTok famous now. And that's pretty much it. That's so a lot of stuff happening in 2021. Whoever brings an idea to me, you know, I, I said this to Carp. I'd love to just like have like get Photoshop for like you guys on your computers and Michael on your computer and get you guys these templates and these PSDs. So like whenever you want to post something, you can just post it. But honestly, 2021 for me, my New Year's resolution is just going to be the year for TBR of like doing and trying. We're just going to do things because I've noticed that the more content we put out, the better we do. So I think let's just let's just steamroll this year. I, I'm excited about it. But yeah, anything else sure. from anybody? Shout out to Stevie Cohen for being an actual owner of an actual baseball team. What a concept. Great day in Mets history today. <laughs> yeah. Nice little plug for the like two Mets fans that, that probably listen to this. <laughs> I, know, right? I don't know if you see this. Where, where yeah, where's the Mets phone? Right? We know Carp's a Mets fan. Oh, where's my Mets phone? That's weird. Did you take it? No, it's I wish usually I behind it. your TV. No, it's on the. It used to be on the windowsill, didn't it? Yeah, it was. I moved it around. Oh, did he throw it out? They might have thrown it out. I, I don't I know. I thought it was on the wall directly. Like, it, so it if was. you're facing 
the oh, TV so is on the wall. Right there. Yeah. Right yeah, there. exactly. That's what I thought. Okay. It's going now. I don't know where it is. I'll find it. Whatever. Anyway, yeah, there's more than one Mets fan out there. We exist in packs <laughs> of two. All right. Well, this was fun. Yeah, it was good convo, boys. Uh, enjoy the weekend, everybody. Have some happy football watching, some happy betting, and I'm sure you'll hear from us on the Instagram pretty frequently this weekend. But yeah, that's all I've got. Thank you all so much for listening. Boys, thanks for being here. Until next time. All right.